Paul says this to Timothy. He says, I am reminded of your sincere faith. For this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God gave us a spirit, not of fear, but of power, love, say love, and self-control. And I feel in my spirit tonight that God wants to awaken a, a, a groan and a hunger and a flame inside of you that, that you actually step outside your dignified box of Christianity and you get into a realm in God where you become like, 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 the, like David, the little shepherd boy who walks upon a battle and he's like, wait a minute, what's going on? And there's this incensed thing that comes over him, not because he's arrogant, not because he's proud, and not because he's some you know, little tyke, it's because he knew God. Wasn't worship wonderful? Wow, can we thank the worship team again? That was so awesome. So, so beautiful. Uh, one of my friends wrote that thank you song. I sent it to her. She was so touched. You guys were singing that here in Indiana. So, so good to be here from Dallas. Thank you, uh, Pastor Steve, Pastor Mark. Just what an honor. It's so beautiful here in Indiana. Uh, the weather is amazing. Coming from, I left 90 degree weather in Dallas. Uh, so you guys thought it was warm today, did you? <laughs> it's not warm. <laughs> it was refreshing. Um, well, I, I, we got a, uh, some time tonight, so let's, um, let's just put your hand on your heart. Let's pray together. We're going to hop into the Word. Father, we thank you for your presence here with us tonight. Lord, we acknowledge your Lordship in this moment, Lord. What an awesome song. You reign above it all tonight. You reign above it all. Lord, all of it. You reign above COVID. You reign above the chaos, the division. God, you reign above sin. You reign above brokenness. You reign above, God, all the things we're going through, financial difficulties and relational problems. You reign above it all, Lord. And in your reign, Lord, you release your grace and your love and your power and your spirit into our lives. And so, Lord, we look to you tonight. We acknowledge your presence with us. You said that we're two or more gathered in your name. There you would be in our midst. And so, Lord, we just acknowledge your presence. We acknowledge not, not goosebumps, not some feeling. We acknowledge you, the living God, here in our midst tonight. And, Lord, we just say you are, uh, this is your meeting. This is your house. We're your people. So come and have your way. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen? Amen. I loved what, what Pastor did at the beginning. Who, who were those of you who raised your hand, the, the run into the lake people? Raise your hand again. Okay. Um, I, I love those kind of people because I think when it comes to the things of God, um, we're living in days where people are, are comfortable being lukewarm. Like our culture makes it a little bit like funny. If you're on fire for God, people look at you a little goofy right? And I'm going to tell you right now, we sang some song, I forget the lyric, it was that Jeremy Riddle song about, I'm about to lose my mind or some kind of thing, I'm going to come undone. Um, I, when I preach and I teach the word of God, I get real excited and here's why. I believe we have a big God. I said I believe we have a big God. And, and when I see him fresh and new, once again, something happens to my heart and I, and I just get really, really excited. Any of you ever been in love before? Raise your hand. Any of you married? Raise your hand if you're married. 
Okay, so when you get married, you stand up on this altar, it's beautiful, you, the, the, the bride's there, the groom, and you have this moment and you say, I do to one another. It's real precious, it's real holy, and everyone says, aw. Say, aw. And say, I do. And, and how many of you know, when you said, I do, you had no idea what you do? <laughs> you, you just said, I do, because you're like, man, I, yeah, I think I do, but you just, you don't really know what you do and what's, what you're gonna have to do in marriage. Um, and I feel like sometimes uh, when, we, when we get born again, when we give our lives to Jesus and we start going through the motions, what happens in marriage happens to our hearts and happens in church is you get familiar with God. You get familiar with Jesus. You, you used to think he was beautiful, you used to be grateful, but then you find yourself in this, in this posture where your heart's just, uh, just maybe feels numb. Any of you ever felt numb towards God before? And you, and you felt bothered by that? Yeah, you can raise your hand, it's okay, we're in church. I'm gonna talk to you and I'm gonna expect you to talk back, is that okay? I know I got the microphone and I'm like standing up here but I can literally see your face and you can see mine. And those of you online, I can imagine what you look like so I want you to talk to the screen as well, okay? So I'm gonna share a little bit of my, my heart with you tonight um, and I, I wanna, I really feel like God's going to equip us uh, with a spirit of faith. I believe faith is a flame. Look at your neighbor and say, faith is a flame. Look at your other neighbor and say, faith is a flame. So I'm gonna share a little bit about how that flame got birthed upon my heart when, uh, in 2006. And, uh, and, and I, I, lo- I love what Pastor said, this is a chasing God event. And I believe that, that what's gonna happen tonight is going to mark your life. I believe it with all my heart. I was in a meeting just like this in 2006, uh, chasing after God. I was pursuing a, a career in professional soccer, and, um, and I had injured my MCL. And my brother had went to law school in Virginia, and he came back, and he had gone to a charismatic church. I, I didn't grow up in a charismatic church. I grew up in, in a Bible church. And so we had the Father, the Son, and the Holy Bible. I was the guys in Acts chapter 19 when Paul walks up to him, a group of believers, and he says, hey, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And these guys were like, no, we didn't know about the Holy Spirit. And, and that's what I like to tell people, that was me. I didn't, think, I didn't think anything of it. I just didn't know who the Holy Spirit was. And so my brother invites me to this charismatic conference. Uh, everyone's like wheels off worshiping. It was like spring break, you know, for, for charismatics. It was just wild, you know. They're just like, yeah, like just everyone, hair on fire, running around. And I was offended. I was like, this is weird. I've never seen this. Like, like, let a, like maybe the few like crazy lady that would, that would lift her hand during worship, but this was like everyone, like hair on fire. And I, and I went there to get healed of an MCL injury because I was pursuing, it was a healing conference. I thought, I believe God can heal. So long story short, um, in addition to this, uh, can I be real tonight, is that okay? Are y'all okay with being super real? Okay, I'm just making sure. Um, I see some, yeah, I'm just, I'm just checking the room. So I, I, had, a, I had an addiction to lust at the, in that season of my life, my early 20s, just, just dominated by it. Grew up in the church, grew up in the faith, uh, but this thing was eating my lunch. So I had that going on in my heart, and I had a, a torn MCL. So it was a healing conference, so you had to fill out a piece of paper. They can have people pray for you, and you gotta say what you want healing from. Okay, so I didn't know how this worked. I didn't know if it was like bingo, where they call your name out front, you know? And so on the healing card, I just put heart, comma, knee. Because I was like, if they were like, you know, I didn't want to put what I was actually struggling with in my heart in case they called it publicly. I was just going to lie and say I had a heart disease or something, you know. So 
So I go to this, the, this, this room and these people pray for me. It was really beautiful, it was really precious. And as they were praying for me, um, I was hungry. And I don't know if, if you're in this room tonight, if you're hungry for God, if you're like, man, I don't wanna be numb. I wanna, I wanna have a heart on fire that endures through my 20s, through my 30s, into my 40s, into my 50s, until Christ comes back or I go home. That's my desire for you tonight. Who's there? Who's there? Where in your heart, you're going, I don't wanna burn out. Come on, I don't ever wanna burn out. Can I tell you that, that burnout's not part of God's plan? Did you know that? Did you know burnout's not normal? For God, it may be normal for us, but it's not normal for God, and I'm gonna get into that tonight. I just, I'm ready to preach the word, but I wanna share a little bit of my heart with you. So I'm at this, I'm at this, this thing, and they're praying for me, and I, you gotta remember, guys, I'm a good Bible church kid, okay? I don't know anything about, you know, falling out in the spirit, if you will, okay? And so this woman's praying, she's wild. She just lays hold of me. Like, you ever meet those real spooky prophetic people and they just look through you? You know what I'm talking about? Come on, wave at me. Yeah, I'm sure there's a couple in this, in this church. They're just those, they just live on a different planet. They look at you and they're like, they always have a word for you, you know? And this woman was like that and she just laid hold of me in the spirit and she began to pray with this authority and this power. And it was literally as if someone pulled out my SIM card and I, and I feel this current just start going through me. And I'm, now I'm on my back, I'm laughing, tongues is coming out of my mouth, and this power is coursing through my whole body. And, I'm, and I'm, I'm sitting there completely coherent, completely aware and conscious of what's happening, and I feel this just, just this love coursing through my body. And I'm laughing and I'm praying and they're praying and, and like 45 minutes goes by. This was in, this was in March of 2006. I come up from this encounter, and this, this older gentleman stopped, and he said, he said, can you tell me what happened? I said, no, sir. I said, I don't have no idea what just happened. I said, but I'm free. And, and I woke up, and, and I want to tell you that God put a fire in my, in my heart on that day that has not burned out. It is not waned. He, he put a zeal. He delivered me from what was going on in my heart. Amen. Someone praise God for that. He delivered me. <laughs> I experienced deliverance. I've been walking in purity. It's amazing. Like he said, I'm married. I have five kids. Can you guys believe that? We're going to do guesses at my age later. Um, I can just see the thought bubbles. Like, he's not old enough to be married and have kids. Um, and, so, and so God's been burning in my heart. And, and ever since then, I had this thing in me. And I said, God, I don't want your church to burn out. I don't want your people to burn out. I don't want your people to suffer when, when bad things happen. I don't want them to just throw in the towel because you know what, it got hard. I remember one of my favorite stories in the Bible and then I'm gonna, I'm gonna preach my message, is that okay? <laughs> my favorite story in the Bible is when Paul gets stoned at Lystra. Acts, I think it's chapter 16. He gets stoned virtually to death. You could argue he was stoned to death. They drag him out of the city supposing he was dead. Paul, stoned to death, on a mission trip to this town called Lystra. And, and I'm reading that, and in my mind I'm thinking, that's a bad day on the mission field. <laughs> that's a bad day. And his disciples gather around him, and it says he gets up, and in my mind, I'm, you know, whenever you read in the Bible, you ever read the Bible and you're like, you, you think you know what you're going to read next, but then you don't read that thing next? I'm thinking, I'm going to read, Paul goes back to his mission board and says, hey, I need about a six-month sabbatical. The field's hard. <laughs> and you know what it says? It says that he got up and he went to the next town to continue to preach the gospel. And I'm like, I, I read that and I said, God, I said, 
I get frustrated when I like don't get a close parking spot. And this man's getting stoned in a town and he gets up and he continues. He continues his mission. I said, and I, and I asked God, I said, God, what was in that man's heart that allowed him to persevere such opposition, such hatred, such chaos, such confusion? What was in his heart? What was in his heart that allowed him to do that? And I felt like the Lord said, it's the spirit of faith that overcomes the world. And so I wanna to talk to you tonight about that faith. That faith is a flame. And so we're gonna read a couple of scriptures. How many of you love the Bible? 18 of you. I said, how many of you love the Bible? Okay, now you just did that because I asked you twice. But listen, let me tell you what's so amazing about this. There's, there's two men debating tonight. Did you guys know that? There's a, two, two men debating. <laughs> Did you guys know about the presidential debate? Maybe not. Listen, Jesus has never been in a debate in his life. He's never been in a debate in his life. He's Lord. And he reigns above it all. And what's so amazing about this is this is not up for debate. It's his word. It's everlasting. It never changes. And I want to tell you, on November 4th, this will still be his word. And he will still reign above it all. And I realize that our nation is in a great, is, is in a great trial and a great shaking. But I want to encourage you. I want to, I want to strengthen you that God is not moved by what's happening right now in our nation. Amen? And so I want to just, I want to strengthen you tonight. And so we're going to read a few scriptures, Leviticus 6.13. Oh my goodness, have you ever heard a message out of Leviticus 6? Say amen if you have. Not many. <laughs> All right, let's look at this. Paul, uh, not Paul, uh, the, the priests here are getting instructions in the Old Covenant, the priests were, had, to, had to do all of these crazy things with these, with these offerings and, this, and, and the blood and the lambs. And, and the scripture here, Leviticus 6.13 says this. It says, fire shall be kept burning on the altar continually. It shall not go out. Okay, so the priest was responsible for this fire that they started on the altar. They were responsible for maintaining that fire continually. Everyone say continually. Now we're in northern Indiana, so I, I know, how many of you know how to build a fire? Right? Okay, awesome. See, in Texas it would be like uh, maybe a quarter of the room. We don't build fires because we live in fire. Like it's just hot all the time. You're like, well, why would you not build a fire? And so I love building fires. Uh, I love it. It's amazing. But I want you to imagine keeping a fire burning continually. Does it, take, does it take work? Take effort. So these guys who were servants unto God, they had to literally keep wood on this fire and make sure that the fire did not go out. It was really, really important because that fire was the fire that they would offer offerings unto God. It's really precious. Now, let's go to this. this uh, we're going to read a few scriptures and I'm going to unpack all this for us. 2 Timothy chapter 1. If you have your Bible, go there with me. It's amazing to see it. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 5. Paul says this to Timothy. He says, I am reminded of your sincere faith. Say sincere faith. A faith that dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and now I'm sure dwells in you as well. Verse 6. 
For this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. Verse seven, for God gave us a spirit, not of fear, but of power, say power, love, say love, and self-control. Amen. So when I, was, when I was actually praying for tonight and I was reading this scripture, I actually felt in my heart prophetically that God wanted to honor this house, that what you're, what you're experiencing in this house is a sincere faith that has been passed down through generations. That, that this gathering and what God's doing in your midst is not just something that's new. How many of us young guns, like we think like, oh man, like you can get tempted to think that it's just here. Like, like our life is you know, we live in this kind of vacuum. If you're really honest, you're like, oh, like this is my connection with God. I don't know why I know God or love God, but I just, it's do. It's because I believe even prophetically, specifically for this house, that there's an honor that needs to well up in our hearts for those who've gone before us. That there's a sincere faith that have dwelt in your leaders that have gone before you. Amen. That's really precious, that's really holy. And it's something to be celebrated, it's something to be aware of. And I wanna tell you, and I, I'm assuming tonight, and it may be a bad assumption, but we're, we don't have all the time in the world. I'm assuming tonight that that faith, that faith, that, that moment where you acknowledge that Jesus Christ is the Lord of your life, and in that moment when you acknowledge Jesus as your Lord, you were born again, and this measure of faith was given to you to see God, to know God, and to experience him deep in your being. See, the faith is really important. The Christian faith is that thing, that, that, that substance in which you know God. And without faith, you can't please God. We all know the scriptures, right? And so that, that faith, I want you to picture, when you got born again, God put his spirit in your spirit. They mingle together. The Bible says that your spirit and God's spirit become one. And I like to think of that, that co-mingling of God's spirit and our spirit like a flame on the altar of our hearts. And how many of you remember when you first got born again, you felt on fire? Come on. You know, when we, we use that language, we're like, I feel on fire. Like when someone's on fire, you know it. When someone's in love, you know it. There's no like, are, are they in love? Like you ever, you ever met those people and they're like dating but they don't really seem like they like each other and it makes you uncomfortable? <laughs> like, no, I've never seen that. My wife, I like to joke, my wife is amazing. She's the queen of the public display of affection. When we, it, it, she's just amazing. And it used to make me super uncomfortable because she was just like always like hugging and like kissing my cheek and like in public. And I'm like super aware of like people in public. I'm just, you know, I'm aware of what's going on. I used, I, I felt in my heart I was gonna be like, hey, you need to tone that down. And the Lord was like, no, you need to loosen up. <laughs> anyway, that's neither here nor there. But listen, you know, you know when someone's on fire. You can remember when you're on fire and you know when you're not on fire. You know when your heart's numb. You know when you feel disconnected from God, when your prayer life is just not there. And you're like, man, it feels hard to chase after God. It feels hard to, 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 to read my Bible. I don't know what to read. I don't know how to engage God. And I want to tell you guys, you cannot chase God without God. You can't chase him without him. You have to have his Holy Spirit burning upon your heart to chase God. Amen? And so we need to know, you need to know, if that flame upon your heart the Bible says in, I think it's 1 Peter, that there's nothing, that your faith is of greater worth than gold. 
You guys know the scripture? Do we have to go there? I'm going fast because I got a full heart. Is that okay? I came from Dallas. I'm just going to just go for it, all right? I'm going to hit you with a lot of Bible. The Bible says that your faith, think about this for a quick second. Stay with me. Your faith is of greater worth than gold. Do we know the scripture? Yes, wave at me. It's important. Most of us, many of us, spend anywhere from 30 to 40 hours a week on earning a living, right? Because earning gold or money or resources is valuable. We need that gold to live. We need it to buy and to sell and to provide for our hungry kids that just eat so much food. Sorry, I got a little real. I told you we're going to be real. But, but the Bible says your faith is actually of greater worth than that. That flame upon your heart is worth your time, your effort, your energy, your attention, your devotion, your, your, your understanding of how do I actually steward this flame of God upon my heart. And I would be willing to bet in this room that if, if, if someone were to say, hey, when was the last time you fanned into flame the gift of God? You'd be like, what? <laughs> and so I wanna, I wanna hopefully, I'm gonna give you a couple things and I'm gonna give you two things that actually come against your faith. There's two things biblically that seek to, to, to destroy your faith. And there are two things specifically for this age bracket that we're, that we're speaking to, 20s and 30s. There's two things specifically that if you are not aware of these two things, your faith will suffer. If you're not mindful, and, I'm gonna, and you can write these down. And so the first one is, we're going to look at it in the Bible. So do you just, it's not my opinion. I love God. I love his word. We don't have to preach our opinions. We just preach his word. Amen? We need people declaring the word of God in this hour, guys. We can't stop like retweeting what someone else said. Like just if you're gonna be on the stuff, like just, just put God's word out there. We need his word. The, the world is actually crying out for truth. And, and right now we're living in an age of opinions. We're living in an age of he said, she said. And, and, and actually no one's really satisfied and they're looking for someone who has truth, who stands upon truth, and who has power, love, and a sound mind. And so, and so tonight I wanna give you this sort of, my, my, my friends laugh at me because I say this all the time, I wanna give you a litmus test. I wanna give you a litmus test to know how do I know that the flame in my, in my heart is big? that the Holy Spirit and, and the fire is burning. How do I know? Apart from just knowing, because you'll know, because you'll be on fire, <laughs> it, it says this. It says that you'll have, you'll have a spirit of power, of love, and self-control. Is God's power at work in your life? When you're weak, are you aware of another force called the Spirit of God giving you grace to be powerful in your weakness? How many of you know we will encounter weakness as believers, you're gonna face weakness. And so many times when we face weakness as believers, we think it's something to hide from, to be ashamed of, or to, or to pull away from God thinking, man, I'm probably gonna get punished for being weak. And God says, you have no idea. I want my power to be made perfect in that place. And so tonight, I even feel in my spirit as I'm saying this, I feel in my heart, there's a lot of people in this room and maybe watching online, and you've been living under shame because of your weakness. You've been living under tremendous shame because of your weakness. And you didn't know that you could bring your weakness to God, that God sees your weakness. He sees your weakness, he sees it. He's not, you hiding from him, you're not really hiding. You know that, right? He sees you. 
And he says, hey, I actually, the design and the beauty of the new covenant is that you can bring your weakness to me and I'll actually manifest my power in that place. Like, let let me give you an example. Uh, Andrew mentioned that I have five kids. Um, One weakness that began to manifest in my life with five children in our home was impatience. And, and, and I, I began to feel, I began to feel guilty because I was losing patience with my kids and, and I was trying to control them with anger. I know no one in this room has ever done that, but I was trying to control my little children by raising my voice and getting louder and like, stop doing that, right? You guys hear what I'm saying? I'm, you guys are looking at me like, whoa, like, come on, <laughs> And so I, I, I'm, I started, it was about a six month process and I was really frustrated with myself because I knew I'm like, I'm not an impatient, angry person, right? How many of you, you know what I'm talking about? But that thing starts, whatever that, that pressure in life, maybe COVID has done it, maybe your, your, your finances and struggle, your marriage, and something begins to, to surface in your heart and you go, where did that come from? I didn't think I was that person, but here it is, and now you're trying to like, you're trying to pretend it's not there, you're trying to hide from it, but God sees it and he wants to bring it to the surface and talk to you about it so his power can actually be made perfect in that place. And so what happened in my life is for about six months, I just pretended it wasn't there. And um, I'll just save you a lot of time. That doesn't ever work. I promise you. You can pretend it's not there all you want. And the moment you take it to God and you bring it to the light, you actually give his grace an opportunity to change things. Do you know how simple it is? You bring your weakness to God, he speaks to it, and all of a sudden you get access to walking a different way. It's so beautiful in the new covenant. And so I, I told the Lord, I, finally I came to him and I said, God, I said, I am, I'm not an impatient person, but I'm acting that way and I need your help. And I'm ashamed about this. And the Lord said, uh, I was reading in Matthew one day and it says, come to me and learn from me. I am gentle and lowly in heart. You know the scripture where Jesus says of himself, he goes, I am gentle and lowly in heart. And that, that phrase just leapt out and it like settled in my heart like a little, like a tattoo on my heart. It was like a whisper. I'll say it like that. It was like this, I'm gentle, I'm gentle. Jesus was saying that of himself, I'm gentle. And I, and I, it just, it just, you ever had like the word just kind of rattle around in you? And I, and it said that and I'm gentle. And so later that day, I remember my, my two of my boys, I won't say which ones in case they watch later, they were, they were like bickering and, and arguing, and I felt that same familiar feeling that for six months had been so apparent in my heart, and it was coming up, and I was about to do the, 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 the raise the voice and control with anger, and I hear this whisper in my heart, I'm gentle. And it wasn't, it, this is the amazing thing, it wasn't like he was saying, you need to be gentle. He said, from within, I'm gentle. And and. In the hearing of Jesus being gentle, the, the anger turned to, hey boys, come here. And I got low and I grabbed their faces and I, and I was actually gentle with them in that moment. And I'm gentle with my kids all the time. I mean, you know what I mean? I'm just, I'm, I'm trying to let you see how this plays out in my life. And I grabbed them and I just said, hey, you know, whatever. I just manifested gentleness. And what the Lord was showing me was that he is in me and he is gentle in me if I just give him permission to be gentle. 
Do you guys see that? And so, and so the litmus test tonight is, are you experiencing power, love, the opposite of love is selfishness. See, love gives, selfishness takes. Love, love gives. Love, love is constantly thinking of others. Love is constantly trying to make other people feel, feel safe. And love is patient and love is kind. Love is not easily angered. Love doesn't just, you know, snap back at the first thing what someone says. Like love is, love is really real. And when you begin to feel love diminish in your heart or power or that, or that self-control or that sound mind, you can know that the flame is getting smaller. And so, before we run out of time, I'm going to give you the two things that, 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 that could be coming against your faith. Number one, there's many in the Bible, and you can, you can find them. Um, 1 Timothy 6.10. 1 Timothy 6, chapter, uh, verse 10, says this, For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evils. It is through this craving that some, say some, have wandered away from what? The faith. And pierced themselves with many pangs. So the first thing I wanna just tell you is that we live in a culture, a consumeristic culture that is all about getting. Now listen, it does not say the money is the root of all kinds of evil. It says the love of money. It's when money gets into your heart and you begin to orient your entire life around the getting of money. He says when that happens in your heart, you can actually swerve or wander from the faith and you'll actually end up getting a lot of pain in exchange. Now how do you know this happens? Listen, this happens through comparison, happens through Instagram, happens through looking at people that have more money than you. It happens in subtle ways, little foxes that come in and begin to pull your affections away from God. And if you could imagine your heart like a flame, it's like someone taking a log out of the fire and all of a sudden it doesn't have as much to burn because those logs are like your affections, right? If, if this whole idea is, man, we're gonna fan this thing into flame, like we're gonna leave tonight not only with, a, with an increased flame and over this weekend and what God's gonna do, but we're also gonna be equipped to steward that own flame upon our hearts and encourage one another to do the same, amen? Because guys, we, we cannot anymore be, be in the middle. You can't be lukewarm anymore. Can I just say that prophetically? The days of lukewarm Christianity are absolutely over. Sunday only Christianity, absolutely over. Like God, we, we are living in days where it's like you are either all in or you're not. Like lukewarm is not an option. It is like burning on fire or, or God help right? Now, I'm not saying, that's not like, like, oh, if, like, you feel condemned, like, oh, I don't feel like I have enough passion. I don't feel like I'm all in. No, it's about your heart's posture. You can be wherever you're at tonight. You could feel far from God, but if you have that desire and go, God, I want you. That's what he's looking for. He's looking at hearts. He's looking at your heart. Are you guys with me? Are y'all okay? Are you sure? Okay. You can smile sometimes. Let your light shine. You look real good when you let your light shine. Yeah? All right. Okay, there's one other, one other thing that you need to be aware of. So the love of money, that's a big one in our culture, guys. I could preach on that for a long time. You need to be watchful of it. You need to be mindful of it. And you know it because you're spending time, effort, energy, and affection 
to get things and you've spent zero time on stewarding and cultivating intimacy with Jesus. Amen? All right. Um, this last one is really amazing and important. It's in the same chapter of 1 Timothy 6, verse 20. This one may be even, oh my goodness. Let's just read it together so you can see it yourself. 1 Timothy 6, verse 20 says this. O Timothy, guard the deposit entrusted to you. Avoid the irreverent babble and contradictions of what is falsely called knowledge. For by professing it, some have swerved from the faith. So the love of money is kind of like a real subtle thing. You see that? It says wandered. How many of you ever just get lost in the woods? You just start wandering. I love to just wander in the woods. You just start getting out there. You take little steps. And you just, before you know it, you have no idea where you are. You've wandered into the woods. The love of money does that to your heart. It's just, it gets you enough off track that you just start wandering. But this thing here, knowledge, and I'm gonna unpack what I believe he means when he's saying knowledge. This thing causes people to swerve from the faith. That is a hard left or a hard right. And I am sobered right now that what's being blasted on the airwaves, what's being argued over, what's being debated, the reason why we have so much debate and division is because this knowledge has been exalted above all. Well, who, who knows what? Well, what, what happened? What did he say? What did he do? Tell me about this. It's all surrendering, it's all surrounding this, this knowledge, this, this insatiable desire that actually, I believe, came to us through the fall when Adam and Eve ate of the knowledge of good and evil. Come on, are you with me? We know what we love our Bibles, amen. What did they eat of? What was the tree called? The knowledge of good and evil. So what did they get when they ate of the tree? knowledge and they begin to operate on this whole new operating system they went from the knowledge of god god we love you we worship you like what we did tonight so beautiful it's the antithesis of this knowledge like what you did tonight was so precious worship team and all of you i saw you worshiping this is the antidote to what's happening is you fix your eyes on him and you go i love you and it's the knowledge of god that fills your heart but what you're being bombarded with 24 by seven on every screen on your devices is this, this thing, this irreverent babble in these contradictions that it's falsely called knowledge. You think that you're missing out on something if you don't know everything. It's that FOMO thing, right? How many of you, you experienced that FOMO? You're like, oh, I wonder, what, I wonder what they're saying. I wonder what they know. And it, and it really is, a, it, it, it makes this, it's like a lust of sorts, right? It's like, oh, I need to know more. You ever been around people who like really know politics and you're just like, oh, I should know more? No? A few of you? It could be any situation where you, 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 get, you feel exposed. You're like, oh, I don't know more. But I wanna tell you the only knowledge that matters is the knowledge of God. I'm telling you, on that day, Matthew 7, folks are casting out demons and healing the sick and Jesus said, I never knew you. I never knew you. It's the knowledge of God that will last for eternity. 
And the knowledge of God is that where you know God is on the altar of your heart where you surrender to him and you get that faith, that burning flame in your heart. And I feel in my spirit tonight that God wants to awaken a, a, a groan and a hunger and a flame inside of you that, that you actually step outside your dignified box of Christianity and you get into a realm in God where you become like, 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 the, like David, the little shepherd boy who walks upon a battle and he's like, wait a minute, what's going on? And there's this incensed thing that comes over him, not because he's arrogant, not because he's proud, and not because he's some you know, little tyke, it's because he knew God. And he knew God, and in his knowing of God, he sees this Goliath, and he goes, this is not okay. This is not okay. What's happening now is not okay. What's happening in our nation, guys, and in our communities, people are dying without a knowledge of God. People are perishing without a knowledge of God. And I'm, I'm, I'm concerned, in, in, a, in a good way, I'm concerned and also filled with hope that the church is in a critical hour and never have we, have we needed the fire of God like we do? Like, like we need, to, we, not just like a moment, I'm not talking about just a rah-rah, let's rally you and get you fired up. I'm talking about people who understand that responsibility as a new covenant priest to steward that flame of God on the altar of your heart. And I believe there's two specific ways we do this. There's a scripture in, in, in Hebrews 12, uh, 28. I'm just gonna read it. You, you can go there. It says this. Uh, Therefore, let us be grateful for receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. And thus, let us offer to God acceptable worship with reverence and awe. We did that tonight, and it was so precious. Verse 29, for our God is a consuming fire. And I believe there's things in your life that need to be consumed by the fire of God. In order for us to chase God well this this next decade, in the decades to come, I believe we need to position our hearts before God tonight. And we need to say, God, I don't wanna hide anything from you. I'm gonna, I'm gonna bring my life and let you consume what needs to be consumed and let remain what's going, what needs to remain. Are you guys with me? Now listen, that sounds real good. That sounds like, yay. That's intense. I understand it's easy in a moment when there's nice music and piano playing to surrender your life to Jesus and you, man, I want my sins forgiven. I don't want to go to hell. It's another thing to live for God. It's a completely different thing to live for God and to let his fire consume you. But I want to tell you this. If that makes you nervous or uncomfortable, his fire is so pure. And God is also love. He is love. And the thing that's going to purify your life is his love. And so I believe there's two ways. We're gonna pray in a minute. We're gonna, we're gonna minister. We're gonna bring the pastor Steve's gonna come up and facilitate a time of, of ministry. But f- before we do that, I wanna just give you two practicals. I showed you two ways that your fire can be put out. This is gonna be quick. I'm not gonna go long, I don't think, because we just have a few minutes. But there's, there's two ingredients necessary for a fire, a, a real fire. How many of you know God's cool with taking earthly analogies and making spiritual principles? Can I do that tonight? So what are the two things needed if a fire is already going? What are the two things required for that fire to continue? 
Wood. What was it? The second one? Oxygen. Air. If, you, if, if any of those two go away and all of the things are equal, you don't have water hitting the fire, picture the love of money like water, picture that knowledge like a bucket, that, like a big dome that you just suck the air out, that's like the knowledge, right? Those are things that hinder the fire, but if, if all of that's, if every other environment's good, you need wood and you need oxygen. In your spiritual life, now listen, I could preach a whole sermon and I'm not going to, because I want to honor your time, but I believe, I believe the wood, now just stay with me. You may say, Peter, this is a reach. And I'm like, okay, I, it's because I don't have time. But if I had time, I would give it to you. I believe the wood is the revelation of the cross. I believe the revelation of the love of God, the passion of Jesus Christ for you and me, is the wood that keeps the fire of God burning on the altar of our hearts. We love because he first loved us. When was, when was the purest, most magnificent display of God's love for us? The cross. So I like to think for me, I don't go a day without meditating and beholding the cross of Jesus Christ. It's like the wood on my fire. I, 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 take, I take every morning and every evening and I, I, in my mind, I pretend like I'm an old covenant priest. I don't really pretend like an old covenant priest, but what I do is I, I arrange the wood and I, and I think about Jesus dying on that cross and I'm like, wow, wow. And I let it hit my heart fresh every morning and every night and I offer a sacrifice called thank you. How many of you are so grateful we don't have to kill a lamb or a goat anymore? It's super intensive. Every morning you have, ah, ah, ah. that would be so brutal, right? Like those, those, you guys laugh. Every morning the priest would have to kill, ah, 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 ah. and you're like, yeah, oh. But how many of you know your heart was designed to behold Christ and to, and to be recognized that his real blood came out of his real veins and there's a real man that gave his life for you and me and his name's Jesus. And you and I were intended to be impacted by that every single day of our lives. You were, you were meant to stay connected to that reality to keep that fire burning on your heart. You with me? You guys okay? I know I'm, I'm just like throwing punches at you. And then the other thing you guys said, I didn't say it, you said we need wood, so that's a revelation of the cross. Is this helpful for you guys? The second thing you need is you need, you need oxygen. You need air. And I believe it's the breath of God. I believe it's the Holy Spirit. And I believe that, I believe that the way that we walk in the Holy Spirit for me is I spend time in this word. The Spirit of God rides upon the word of God. Right? When God spoke, the spirit began to move. And so if, you, if those two things, you feel numb to God, you feel like the fire's gone out, I'm telling you tonight, I believe two things are gonna happen. One, I believe many of you are going to experience the fire of God, you're just gonna be awakened. I love what Pastor said, like in this environment, the, the collective faith in, in, in us saying, Jesus, we want you, we're hungry for you, something's gonna happen, it's contagious, because God's here. And I believe if you're willing, he's gonna touch your life tonight and he's gonna set a fire in your heart. And that's my prayer, is that some of you just get wrecked tonight. In his love, and his spirit, it's gonna be amazing. But I wanna tell you this, you can get wrecked tonight and if you don't understand the principle of wood and oxygen, six months from now, you may find yourself with that same smoldering wick yet again. 
And so I'm, I'm, I, wanna, I wanna give you a promise from my heart, and I believe it's from the Lord. If you will, if you will commit to beholding Jesus on the cross daily through his word, and you will, and you will keep the, the wind of God, and you will set your sail, and you'll say, God, I'm gonna seek you, I'm gonna position myself before you, I believe God will cultivate a roaring flame in your life. And it's with that flame that you're gonna be able to run well, and that fire never has to go out. I wanna tell you guys, I've been doing this for 13 years. I love God more today than I've ever loved him in my life. I, I am more aware of his goodness, of his mercy, of his kindness. I, I will be doing this in some form or another, whether it's with one person, they'll tell you one, three, 10, a thousand, I don't care. I'm in love with him. I'm in love with him and that's not going anywhere because my love for him is only in response to the fact that he loved me. And you know what's so cool about that is you and I can never change his mind. You can never touch what he did on the cross. Did you know that? You can't. Well, I don't believe God loves me. Well, you're wrong. Well, you don't know what I did. No, you don't know what he did. Right? You guys okay? So I'm gonna invite Pastor Steve up. We're gonna have a, a, a time of ministry. Um, I love you guys very much. We're gonna, we're gonna pray though, so just stay in that posture. Can we stand to your feet? Is that okay? Um, yeah, let me, let me pray for you. Just put your hand on your heart. And I wanna believe with all my heart um, that those in this room and those watching online, that, that in a similar way, perhaps some of you tonight, if you're willing, that God would touch you in such a real way that, that his person, who he is, his majesty, his beauty, his holiness, the power of his spirit would just fill you and that you would let him touch you. You would let him fill you in a way that would just leave you messed up forever and so if if that's if that's really you if you're willing for god to just i say pull your sim card out and just like lord have it all for that consuming fire just lift lift both your hands to the lord if that's you and i really mean that like you don't have to lift your hands don't feel an obligation but if that's your true desire and your true hunger i want to pray and ask the living god to touch you god you're a consuming fire tonight Lord, and I ask right now, God, every person who's reaching out their hands to you, you see them, you know them, you know where they're at, you know their names, you know their struggles, you know their weaknesses, Lord. You know where they have shame, you know where they have brokenness, you know where they have hope deferred that's made their hearts sick. God, I'm asking right now that your fire would come and consume them. The fire of your love, the fire of your goodness, the fire of your purity, your holiness. Holy Spirit, would you come right now? Would you fill these temples with your glory? Would you sanctify them with your glory, God? Would you speak to them, Lord, as you fill them? Would you speak to them words of destiny and promise?
words of deliverance, words of freedom and identity. Would you break off an orphan spirit, Lord? Would you break off the feeling that we're alone and that no one cares and that no one knows us and that feeling of like, even like suicide, I feel like there's even just suicidal thoughts that, that, that just will be broken off right now. Any person in this room or watching, that, that depression and that heaviness, just say, go now in Jesus' name. That spirit of fear that's just dominated your life, you're just afraid of the future, afraid of what might happen. Lord, I pray your perfect love would drive that thing out right now. In Jesus' name. Most people feel stuck in their relationship with God because they're believing lies about what he's like. Your tax-deductible gift to Braveheart Ministries enables us to create simple resources that help people see and understand how good God really is. This results in people finding lasting freedom and deepening their connection to God. To make a donation, please go to braveheartministries.org forward slash give or text give to 469 469- Four two three nine nine six six. That is four six nine four two three nine nine six six. Give.